Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is a special podcast because October is Pastors Appreciation Month. So this is my way of saying happy Pastors Appreciation Month, Nick Powell. I'm only a couple of days late. Uh, But like all of you know, we trained and sent out Nick Powell to plant Hope City Church in Clinton about a year ago. And so technically, Nick isn't our pastor anymore. But in another sense, Nick will always be our pastor. And so despite the miles between us, I wanted our church to honor our church planter during Pastor Appreciation Month. So I want to share a few things that make Nick such an amazing pastor. We'll hear a few things from other church members about Nick. And ultimately, I hope this podcast helps you love and support your pastors better. So I still remember when I got the text message that Nick was being airlifted to the hospital. It was wild. Um, We had just sent Nick and Holly to plant Hope City Church in Clinton, and saying goodbye to them was hard enough, right? Nick and I had practically always done some form of ministry together since we were both saved by Jesus in college, and so we were just used to working together. And Nick had been with Frontier Church since the very beginning. He had been with us, planting alongside of us since day one of Frontier Church. Nick had gone through an intense year of church planting apprenticeship at Frontier, where I was spending multiple days a week with him. And so saying goodbye to the Powells was already really difficult. And then I got the text message, not long after that, that Nick had cut his arm badly. Not just that Nick had cut his arm badly, but that Nick was being airlifted to the hospital. And so immediately, I had all of these questions swirling around in my head. Questions like, what? Was Nick's life in danger? How in the world did he cut his arm? Did he have an arm? Would his arm function? Would he, would he make it? All these questions were swirling around in my head. And fortunately, I got the call a few hours later after a miserable couple of hours of floundering around with those questions. I got the call a couple hours later that Nick's life wasn't in danger, but his arm still was. He had applied too much pressure to a window and his arm had shattered through the glass, cutting it horribly and resulting in tons of blood loss. And so a new set of questions emerged from me after that phone call. These are questions like, would he get to keep the arm? Would he regain movement in the arm? Church planting is hard enough. How, how do you write a sermon with one arm? Does that increase the sermon prep by an hour? Does it double your sermon prep time? And what does this do to your optimism? You just landed boots on the ground in a new place. You're trying to start a new work for King Jesus. Optimism is about as central to a church planter as a right arm is, right? That optimism piece is almost as essential to the component of being a church planter as any other quality is. So I had all these questions swirling around in my head. And now that it's been a year or so since that event... It's been amazing to see Nick grow into his role as a lead church planter. 
So not only did his injury not get in the way of him planting Hope City Church, but I honestly think that Nick has such a high vision for the sovereignty of God that Nick has developed an awareness of exactly how this story and this injury have shaped him into a better and tougher church planter. In fact, this this seems to not just be a Nick thing, but this seems to be a way that God transforms church planters in general. Paul himself had to be kicked off his horse and blinded on the way to Damascus. And of course, in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul shares his own extraordinary list of hardships that he experiences when he's out in the world planting churches. He says, quote, Five times I was received in the hands of the Jews, the forty lashes less ones, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Oh my gosh! How's that for a church planting development process? <laughs> and um, my list is a lot smaller as a church planter, like a lot smaller than Paul's list. But it wasn't that long before I began my church planting residency that I herniated the disc in my neck and began my journey of chronic pain alongside of becoming a church planter. So it seems to be a pattern that when God desires to use a man to plant a church, he ordains that the man be wounded and sometimes deeply wounded so that like Jesus, that wound produces gifts that he can give to the world. So, I think it speaks perfectly. I think it speaks perfectly to Nick's character that as a pastor, when God kicked him off of his horse, Nick got back up and kept moving forward. That's what makes a good pastor a good pastor. He endures being wounded and wounded frequently and painfully. Sometimes the pastor doesn't even know that he's leaning on a potentially dangerous window. And the next thing he knows, he finds himself bleeding and more wounded than he ever thought. He learns, he grows, he bleeds, he allows the pain to transform him in the sovereignty of God, and he learns how to pastor with one arm. And then he keeps following Jesus, and he doesn't quit. That's Nick Powell for you. And Nick has always had a pastoral giftedness too. I still remember one of my greatest ministry failures and how I reached out to Nick six or seven years ago in the middle of that failure before eventually getting approved by the Acts 29 Church Planning Network. I had gone through their assessment once and I had received the red light from them before receiving the green light. And after I had gotten off the phone with my assessor and had been told that I was not recommended to become a church planner, my head was in an absolute tailspin. Had I had I wrongly heard from God? Was I not called to be a church planter? Should I not have quit my English teaching job? Oh my goodness, who was I? And one of the first thoughts I had when I was in that tailspin six or seven years ago, one of the first thoughts that popped up to my mind was, I got to talk to Nick. And it's been six or seven years now since that conversation, but that moment is still 
pretty vividly seared into my imagination. I remember just melting down into a puddle on the Powell front porch, processing all these things. And I still remember the love with which Nick handled me, how thoughtfully he listened to me, how encouraging the words were that he spoke into my life. And that's how you know that a man is a great pastor. When your head is in a tailspin, when life hits you and you're dazed and confused, and one of your first thoughts is, I got to talk to Nick. That's a good pastor. And that's the type of pastor that Nick Powell is. Yo, Nick, this is Jay. You probably recognize my voice. But I just wanted to say, like, our experience together in the discipleship and evangelism class where you were my, I don't know, peer mentor, that was just great. Um, that was a huge season of growth for me, along with the For the Joy internship. Uh, we just had great conversations, and I really treasure all that time and energy that you put into it. And just seeing myself and how I grew more confident in sharing the gospel um, through the work that you had done and the labor that you put into me. Thank you so much, man. I, I pray for Hope City, and I love you. I love your family. Hi, Nick. This is Sheila and with Kent. And I just found out that Carlos is the guy. So I'm glad that you know him, and I'm glad that you're a musician like him. But really, um, thank you for leading us with those years of a love for Jesus that that was deep, and it came out as deep. And um, we just want to thank you for that and the difference that it made in our lives. And we love, Holly, I love you, and I love all three of your girls, and we miss you. That's the big thing. I miss you terribly. Bye. Hey, Nick. This is Katie Waddell. I just wanted to say that you are greatly missed, that we love you. But um, specifically, I just want to say keep up the good fight and just fighting for joy and fighting for um, just the glorifying God here on earth and in Clinton specifically. And I just know you have a heart for the kingdom and it shows greatly. And I love that you're writing, you're doing a lot of things and you're sharing it. And um, it doesn't go unnoticed. And I know you know that, but um, above all, just keep up this fight for joy and for the kingdom of God here on earth. Good job. Hey Nick, it's Monica. I just wanted to say um, we all miss you here and hope you're doing well. So it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and my main goal in these podcasts has been to honor our pastors. But I've also been using this month as an opportunity to bring clarity in our minds to what a pastor is. I've been saying over and over and over again this month, a pastor is not just a decision maker. A pastor is not just a part of a board of voters. A pastor is not somebody who's just really gifted. Biblically, a pastor is somebody who oversees the souls of the members of a local church. And so I thought I might 
I thought I might just talk briefly about how we install pastors at Frontier Church. Because after going through a flexible year-long pastoral training, what we do is we set aside a Sunday to install, or some churches use the, the verbiage ordain, but to install these men into pastoral ministry at Frontier. And this moment's important because we see this pattern in the New Testament. When a man is set apart to be a pastor, the church sets him apart, and the church lays hands on him, and the church prays for him. And the reason why this is a pattern in the Bible is because this imagery is actually rooted in the Old Testament. Whenever you'd make a sacrifice, you, uh, you'd you lay your hands on the animal before making a sacrifice and sending that animal away to be slaughtered. And this is a brutal but a wonderful image when a man is being set apart as a pastor and when his church is laying hands on him. It's because he's being set apart and being sent out as a living sacrifice, like a lamb to the slaughter. And so during our installation process, there's been this one quote that I'd like to read to the church. It comes from a book on pastoral ministry, and it's the quote is actually the author imagining what he thinks the church should be saying to the pastor when they ordain him for pastoral ministry. So here's the quote, and again... This author is imagining the church speaking to the pastor. Quote, We want you to give us help. Be a pastor, a minister of word and sacrament. And there may be times when we come to you and demand that you tell us something other than the truth. But promise us right now that you won't give in to what we demand of you. You are not the minister of our changing desires. You are not the minister of our time-conditioned understanding of our needs. You are not the minister of our secularized hopes for something better. Your task is to keep telling God's story, representing the presence of the Spirit, insisting on the priority of God and speaking the biblical words of command and promise and invitation. Be a minister of word and sacrament. <laughs> I, I love this quote. I love this quote. And I love this quote because this is the main thing that the pastor does. He stewards the story of God by applying it to the lives of God's people in word and sacrament. He's, he's not an Instagram influencer. He's not a movement maker. He's a minister of word and sacrament. And man, does Nick Powell steward words well. That dude can tell a story like nobody else. And he can tell God's story like nobody else. And that's one reason why Nick is such a great pastor. So during my sabbatical, Chloe and I got to drive over to Clinton for a weekend to visit Hope City Church and to just kind of catch up with the Powells. And it was awesome. Nick and I, we got to walk alongside the river, which is basically in the backyard of Nick and Holly's house. And 
We threw some rocks into the river while talking pastoral ministry. And if you know me, that's our that's like my dream come true. And of course, it was probably even more awesome to catch up on high fives from the Powell girls too. Because in life, you should always give more high fives than you receive. That's just a basic principle of life. <laughs> but visiting Hope City that Sunday morning was an awesome experience. And one of the reasons why it was such an awesome experience is because sometimes, and some of you know this about me, I can get cynical about the state of church in the Western world. I can sometimes believe that every church is just copying and pasting from whatever the trendiest West Coast church is currently doing, or everybody's just copying and pasting from whatever is on the list of whatever the current best practices for churches are. But it was like balm for my soul to be at Hope City because it was legitimately a local church that was earnestly gospel-centered. And I feel like this is the highest compliment that I can really pay any church. But it felt to me like it was a church for Clinton, in Clinton. Like there were Clinton people and they really loved Clinton. And what they wanted to see was heaven invade Clinton. And so it was awesome too to see Nick, of course, as a lead pastor, preaching, leading, setting up and tearing down, fielding questions, counseling. And it was also really cool to shake hands with the people of Hope City Church and to ask them how they got connected to Hope City and why they stuck there and what they love most of it. Because even though all the answers were unique from person to person, they also shared a common thread. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We stuck because Jesus this. Or we stuck at this church because Jesus that. It was so cool to, to hear that. And so I thought it'd be really cool for Frontier Church people on our podcast to hear about Nick's ministry from kind of a collection of Hope City people and Frontier people. So here's a few encouraging words from folks in Hope City and Frontier, but I just want us to hear about Nick's ministry from those who have been impacted by him in Des Moines and in Clinton. So uh, tons of things about this, but I picked the top four quotes. Here's quote number one. I've always valued Nick's ability to suffer well. I remember when he fell through that window, the way that he talked about that situation and the way that he talked about how it was so steeped in Christ, it almost makes me cry. And it still makes me cry even as I'm writing this. But the fact that every trial and every pain can be turned into longing for Christ and for his kingdom? I think Nick was the first person I ever talked to about that. And about how trials are actually a freaking awesome gift for the ways they increase our love of Jesus. Here's quote number two. I met Nick during the pandemic. Things were already pretty bleak in my life, and then a global pandemic. And so I reached out through the website. We met for coffee. Nick shared his story with us. He was friendly and funny and welcoming, but Nick's joy in the Lord, his passion for the gospel, and his love for his city, that's what was contagious. Here's quote number three. When I first moved back to Clinton, I started meeting with Nick. I had lost my job, moved in with my parents, and I was going through a rough breakup. 
And through the entire process, he pointed me to scripture and to the gospel rather than some feel-good motivational speech. Here's quote number four. Nick is so passionate about whatever he's preaching on, and so it's never boring to listen to him. My favorite is when he uses a children's book or a story about his kids to illustrate his point. And still, he doesn't shy away from tough topics, but instead embraces them. Him and Holly have undoubtedly made an impact on our family's life. They've invested in us, fed us, challenged us, and we miss them a lot. I love those quotes because it's so cool to hear from Frontier Church people and so cool to hear from Hope City people about Nick's ministry, specifically because for those of us in Des Moines who still have a Nick and Holly-shaped hole in our hearts, it reminds us that this is why we plant churches. This is why we train and develop leaders who are going to leave. This is why we spend money on church planting. This is why we spend time on church planting. This is why we say goodbye to our beloved friends and send them off to do new Jesus things in new Jesus places to plant new churches. That's why we're a church planting church. So, Frontier, when you think of Nick and the Powell family next, my charge for you is simple. Pray for them. Thank God for the sermons that he preached at Frontier. Thank God for the way that Holly opened up her home to the city of Des Moines. Thank God for the way that they gave their lives to our church. And then pray that Hope City would bring many sons and daughters to glory. Pray that many people in Clinton would meet Jesus through their ministry. Pray that they too would raise up and send out church planters. Because what a gift. That's all I can really say is what a gift it was to have them as part of our church and what a gift it was to send them out as our first church plant and what a gift it is to think about Nick and to think about Holly and to miss them. So, Powell, we love you, bro. Happy Pastor Appreciation Month. Heavenly Father, Please meet us in this moment. I, I, I feel there's this moment where we get to where words no longer do it justice. Pray that you would move in us through your spirit in a way that we can't quite comprehend. Because we can't all the way comprehend you. Enlarge in our hearts and imaginations to see more of your beauty to see more of your joy and to long for it. Please help us with your spirit to see you, to get our eyes up off, up off the floor and to see you and to find beauty and joy in life. Pray this in Jesus' name.